0: Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Extra Fresh. My name is Andrew Apple, and we're giving you guys a classic throwback episode of So Fresh, So Prince. In fact, we're going to double it up. We're giving you not one, but two episodes of So Fresh, So Prince this week. This episode originally aired back in November of 2015. It's been a little while, guys, but this is the episode where everyone goes to the mall and we have the rare feat of having a great flashback episode in the first season of the show written by personal favorite Benny Booms that's right Benny R Richburg Jr who made it from Westville Homeboy Consultant all the way up to supervising producer of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air this was the first episode that he wrote the entire family goes to the mall it takes place around Halloween Will and Carlton fight over the same girl. Ashley and Hillary almost go to prison. But when we originally aired these podcasts, they aired as two separate episodes over two separate weeks. But guys, we went in, we cut them together, smushed them together, so you have one full, long, powerful, classic two-part Fresh Prince episode chalked into one great Episode of So Fresh, So Prince. So let's jump right in. This is season one, episodes eight and nine. Someday Your Prince will be in effect, parts one and two. Lorenzo, roll the theme song. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody. To Welcome, so Fresh, everybody, so to So Fresh, So Prince.
1: Yes, we're back again.
0: It's like we never left.
1: Yeah, even though we did, but only for a little bit, and Whoa. then we came back.
0: We took last week off. You yeah. Know, Memorial Day.
1: You know, vacation, you know, Labor we de- Day. We decided to enjoy some libations and um, life.
0: Yes, life. Yes, it's what we're doing right now. We're living life. Yeah. with you because you're probably in your car or at your computer listening to us. And thank you so much for listening to us. Whether it be on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening to us. Thank you for listening, and it really helps if you uh, are listening and you are enjoying. Rate us five stars. Give us a like. Really helps us with the show and helps more people find us, so that uh, we can keep doing this for you and for more people. Yeah, and
1: I, first first and foremost, I want to say thank you for all of the people who have found The Lost Files exactly. and gone back and done their research and listened to the podcast.
0: We've gotten hundreds of views. Hundreds. Hundreds of streams in the past eight weeks. Yes. And we really appreciate all of you who are finding it. Make sure that you don't just listen. Interact with us. We have... A Twitter account and a Facebook page and an Instagram. All of that's there for a reason. Yeah. We want uh, this to be a two-way conversation. We so want please. to know you. Yes, exactly. So please, by all means, hit us up. We're at so so Prints on Twitter, Facebook.com slash SoFreshSoPrints, Instagram.com slash SoPrints, and SoFreshSoPrints.tumblr.com. All of these places are places that you can find us, and we can then communicate with you through those wonderful places. And if we can do this together, we can keep having this podcast be a two-way street. Because that's what it is. It's just a conversation about what I consider to be the quintessential show of the 1990s.
1: And, you know, I think this episode really just packs it all in. Oh, my God. It it really tells us and shows us why we love the show.
0: Literally, it shows us everything from the show that's happened so far.
1: You know, it's like... uh, you know, the, what is it, the progress report? <laughs> I mean, am I, I, I'm, I might be saying it wrong, but you know how, like, you get the progress report in the middle of the school year just to let you know how far you've gone?
0: But that's the amazing thing. It's like you're getting the progress report with less than half of the season through it. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. <sighs> Lorenzo, what happened in this episode?
1: Well, a lot happened in the episode, but... Let me explain it for you in detail. Hillary is throwing a Halloween party and she needs to make sure that everybody gets their costume. And uh, that's pretty much what happens in the episode. Pretty much. You just covered just about
0: everything that happens. You
1: know, I I think that's everything that happens. You know, like there was a beginning and there was an end. And
0: there was a bunch of random stuff that (laughs) happened in the middle. Well, this was the great sitcom trope of the clip show. Yeah. Now, what I can only assume was that they wanted to have some kind of catch up in the middle of the show for whatever reason.
1: I mean, maybe because, you know, some people hadn't seen the show, so they had
0: to go back. I guess, but it ended up being the eighth episode of the series But it was filmed with the intent of being the 10th episode of the series. So why exactly did things get moved around the way they did? You know what? I don't
1: know. It's almost like when you don't quite have enough to finish your 1500 word (laughs) paper. And you just cut and paste from stuff you've already written. You
0: just bring the margins in a
1: little bit. Yeah, increase the font just mm-hmm.
0: by one, just so the teacher can't tell her that it's 13 instead as well. Although that's the interesting thing about it because they actually end up taking over a mall. They clearly went to a mall. This was not a set. No. They took over a mall somewhere and they shot in that mall. That's why this episode has a completely different look from all the other episodes yeah. because with a sitcom, What you normally end up having, you have a set. It's not very deep. Everything kind of looks flat because everything's controllable and you have three cameras going at the same time. But with this, it looks a lot more like what you would see today in a standard single comedy, single camera comedy. This looked more like blackish than the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in a lot of ways. Yeah, and,
1: and it's funny because they tried to center the whole episode around Will and Carlton
0: finding a date for the party. What's amazing is the reason that they have to find a date is Hillary, right at the beginning, tries to disinvite Will and Mm Carlton because they're always hitting on her friends.
1: Now, let's just make a side note here. Um, If you've been following the podcast or the show, you know that uh, just recently, Will and Carlton were arrested. Um, But Hillary tries to disinvite them because every party she throws, they've been hitting on her friends and now here's my my question how many parties does hillary throw hundreds hundreds clearly And, and, and the fact that her friends keep coming back and will and carlton keep hitting on them that that's not a sign no no
0: i mean apparently she must throw like two parties a day well here's what i'm assuming they're not all at the house you know I'm guessing that at some point, all of these parties that she's been talking about, the buses that Tom Cruise was on. Don't and, forget John Cougar Mellencamp. And the coffee shop that's co-owned by John Cougar Mellencamp, of yes. course. Will and Carlton have followed her to some of these events. We just haven't seen it yet oh, because, okay. you know, they didn't want to build the set yeah. for that. But they've been going and they've been hitting on all of our friends. Now, the other thing to bear in mind is that this was the first episode that was written by Benny Boops, our good friend, our oh, West Philly Benny. homeboy
1: consultant. And, and we saw a lot of the the West Philly homeboy consultant. Did and, we ever? I mean, we'll get to that part later. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to ruin the Christmas gift moment quite
0: yet. <sighs> Ain't that the truth? But I I do see that a lot, and and you've seen this as well because. When you work on a sitcom and it's a first-time writer, because to the best of our understanding, based on what IMDb is telling us, this was really his first time as a writer on a TV show, you tend to go towards the tropes. Yeah, you know. So, and that's very much the way that he went with this. He used a very common story. He Mm -hmm. used the clip show. And later on in the episode, you'll see where he just, you know, basically ripped off another story altogether.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's just funny because they did scenes from earlier episodes, but they did full-on scenes, you know? When you have a flashback moment, you're only supposed to stay there for 45 seconds to a minute, tops? Absolutely. He just said, you know what, I'm gonna go my own route. And I'm going to say, let's just run the whole thing, all three minutes and
0: 45 seconds of it. And and they did. They absolutely did. Because they, they get to the mall, and what the mall afforded the opportunity to do was everyone got to break up. Yeah. So Hillary and Ashley are off trying to find a costume. Will and Carlton are off trying to fulfill their bet. And Aunt Viv is trying to go to Banana Republic. What she becomes... She becomes some amalgamation of Dionne Warwick. Aretha. uh, I would say a a little bit of Gladys Knight. And, And some Tina. A lot of Tina. A lot of Tina. Absolutely. So what happens in each individual scenario is that when they're talking to people, they set it up so they can throw into this flashback. So the first thing that we see... When we get to the mall, which, mind you, all of this is happening on the day of the party. So, you know, they wake up and they say, we haven't even remotely thought about this Halloween party where we know it's Halloween and we need to find a costume. I mean, you don't wait till the last minute to
1: find a costume. I do that every year. I'm already planning my costume for Halloween. I'm a statistic. I suppose you are. (laughs) But it's just funny because nobody, I don't think anybody goes costume shopping. No. And the the one thing that it was good for is it kind of gave everybody their own little spotlight. And, you know, it just let everybody kind of live in their own little bubble space. Uncle Phil is the first person we see.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He goes to the electronics store because clearly he does not want to go shopping. No. Not at all. No. Uncle Phil just doesn't look like he shops, you know. I feel like he goes to the gray
0: suit store and uh, the Art Deco sweater store, and that's it. Yeah, that that sounds about right. He knows he needs suits, mm-hmm. he needs ties and he needs a lot of Cosby sweaters
1: and penny loafers. And that's it. So asking that man to go
0: costume shopping, I don't think is really a good bet. Not at all. And in fact, when Ashley first said that she wanted to go get a costume as well, she said she was gonna go as a ballerina, which led Uncle Phil to have the great line, oh, really? That was the only thing I wanted to go as.
1: Now, now let's stop for a moment. Yes. Just everybody who, who's listening, close your eyes and picture Uncle Phil in a ballerina. Eye. It's pink. It's it, definitely pink. It, it's, it's small and it's tight. Now hold on to that image and just hold it for the rest of your day. You can open your eyes up now. I just wanted to do that to you.
0: Now, the other thing to, to remember is uh, at one point, we know that Ashley was taking dance lessons. She yeah. was taking ballet. Mm-hmm. One would assume that she wasn't taking ballet in sweatpants, that Aunt no. Viv even said, you look so cute in your tutu back in the second episode where she gets the drum.
1: But, you know, she might've pawned that in. You know, she might have just gotten rid of that whole entire life.
0: And it's amazing that that's where we come from. Because when Uncle Phil is in the electric store, he gets a sound machine. Something that can drown out all the sound. Which gives us the opportunity to flash back. Number one. To when Uncle Phil finds out that Will pawned Ashley's violin. Yeah. And that feels like such a crutch to just spend the time going to an entire scene yeah I mean like what if we did that right now what if we just put in some sparkly music and then flashback? flashback flashback
1: flashback
0: flashback so we get the drums we get the funny butler and then we have the arrival of DJ Jazzy Jeff of course who starts off I did not remember this he entered the show as ashley's drum teacher yeah he didn't know will beforehand they weren't friends from philadelphia No, will just kind of found him and said i think that she's going to be a great teacher ashley let's make that happen yeah and then he arrives and he is jazz yeah That's the only way to describe it. It's like everything that jazz was and is and will be was set in the first episode. There was no difference between beginning jazz and later jazz. This was just jazz. I mean, I, I felt like he didn't need character development. He just walked in and he said probably a total of 20 or 30 words the whole episode. But that's all you needed from him. Like when you walk in and the first thing you say is, man, y'all are rich. <laughs> it's like you either think he's hood, he's going to steal everything, or he's just the greatest person on the planet. Well, we get that, especially
1: when we have the family scene that Jazz is introduced to. And I love it because it's such a dichotomy. It's a, it's this random guy who Will does not know in depth. He just knows he's a DJ. He just knows he's a good drum teacher. And then he has him introduced to the
0: family while they're listening to classical music. And this comes right after Jazz had just been upstairs and he decides to sit down and he's gonna play the drums so that Will can do some dance moves. Yeah. And this goes back to another reoccurring theme Will tries very hard to dance. He cannot dance. He definitely has some flexibility. He has a swagger, but his moves are just everywhere. It's it's like if you shook the camera, (laughs) it would look like he was in the middle of an
1: earthquake. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see that. I believe he has a few good dance moves in this in this body of his, in this mind of his. He just doesn't know how to put them together. In a good way that they make sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, because he dropped down, he got the jump splits, but everything else was like a shoulder jerk. It's a more athletic version of the little kicks from Seinfeld. (laughs) Yeah, he just had a longer body. That's all it was. He really did.
1: Yes, we we just did that.
0: Absolutely. Because, well, if they can do it, why can't we?
1: I mean, they didn't see it was wrong. I don't see it was wrong. Word. Thank you, Benny.
0: (laughs) So Aunt Viv at this point, uh, she's off looking for a store to get something leopard print that has some sort of fruit in the name. Yeah. Which is Banana Republic. Now I have shopped at Banana Republic many times. I have never seen anything leopard print. Have you been to the one near Bel Air? No, no, I actually
1: haven't been to that. Okay, one. I'm I'm going to guess that they didn't have that there either. But um
0: although to be fair, this didn't feel like a very bel air mall. No,
1: it was probably like Toluca Lake or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um also, nobody had taken the time to decorate for Halloween no. despite the fact that it was very close to Halloween, yeah. if not the day of Halloween. You know,
1: We just completely skipped all of the preparation. There was no pumpkin. There was no skeletons. There was nothing scary about the house except for maybe Carlton's wardrobe. (laughs) But that's beside the
0: point. Absolutely. So Aunt Viv gets the directions to Banana Republic from the gentleman who, for $8.95, will let you record an entire song. Oh, my God. And Ann says, no, no, no. I need to go, and I need to find a costume. And in the most callous voice, he says (laughs) to her, really? That's a shame, because you're the first person I've talked to who I think could record a professional-sounding song.
1: And anybody who speaks to you those words in that tone is believable.
0: They just want your money.
1: Yeah. (laughs) There's nothing weird about that at all.
0: But that's a beautiful thing when you just play into someone's ego oh yeah to get their money yeah and i mean i feel like aunt viv
1: is like the silent superstar of the whole family because later on we find out she's a dancer yep a very accomplished dancer Mm -hmm. we've already found out she's a very accomplished poet yep um so now we just have to realize that she can sing
0: yep I feel like, again, as we've talked about throwing spaghetti up against the wall, writers, as time goes on, you figure out how to write for the actors, because when you're basically writing a play every week, and you can't, you know, just say, all of a sudden, okay, so Janet, uh, do you know how to eat fire? Because we think Aunt Viv needs to eat fire. And if not, you have a week to eat fire. No, it, 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 it doesn't work that way. No. But Janet Hubert, Juilliard trained, was you know, on Broadway in Cats. I just
1: feel like she was the best Aunt Viv ever. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, no, no disrespect to the second Aunt Viv, but I mean, you know, she set the bar pretty high in this episode already.
0: And pair that with the fact that. From what we've read, and we'll get to this when we actually get there, and they uh, replaced Janet Hubert with uh, Daphne Maxwell-Reed. Daphne Maxwell-Reed was brought in essentially to be a more vanilla Aunt Viv. They yes. cast Janet Hubert because she had that edge, which is what the show initially needed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But as time went on and the show found its footing more and more... You got that, more paperback. Yeah. that That edge needed to go away, and Janet Hubert said, no... No, yeah, you know we we
1: we find out that she has
0: um, an
1: an amazing hidden talent that she's been trying to hide. You know, it's like when you figure out Clark Kent is Superman and you put him in the booth.
0: What do you get when you fall in love? Yeah, you only get lies and pain and sorrow. So for at least so until tomorrow, how? it's like peanut butter never fall in love again yes bust out a little burt Baccarack, hell yeah. david action yeah it's all a good thing yeah she sounds darn good doing and it and
1: she does and and if i dare you to watch it again and look at the man in the background and see if he's not bopping as hard as he could have in his whole entire life yeah there wasn't much personality there There was a lot of hair there but yeah the, not a lot of personality it, the, i think the hair was the power for the singing the higher the hair, the the more
0: power in the voice. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I mean, you know, if you look back at some of Whitney Houston's old albums. Oh, yeah. You know, she had that fro. Yeah. I mean, that hairspray is where the power is. All right. So Carlton, he's still on his quest. Because Will and Carlton initially start off their bet at a nice little diner. They meet Cindy the waitress. Yeah. And they both go off on their separate ways mm-hmm. so Carlton goes to a stationery store yeah and he starts hitting on the stationery store girl Mm-hmm. he immediately loses his footing he tries to say you know I was wondering if you would be able to show me that
1: pen and, and then when she handed him the pen ever so nicely of course because she she was a wonderful lady yep uh you know said oh do you like pen oh that's that's wonderful because most of my customers
0: would flip out when they see they're holding a 300 hundred dollar pen at which point he blows out the ink and squirts it all over her shirt yes from the pen though from the the pen the the
1: pen that was in his hand that we we will explain it later
0: yeah it's okay
1: it, it it's you see, okay. It sounds worse. It, it sounds really much more worse than it is. Yeah,
0: but just all all, all of the juice that shout out came from the pen. It didn't yeah. come from anywhere else.
1: Yeah, and, and needless to say, I don't I don't think he got her number. No, no, no. he didn't. He failed completely in that, that attempt. Um, but I think it's funny to see that Will is on the same quest, and uh, Will is failing just as horribly in in the same
0: quest, and yet trying even harder. Yeah. So he goes to uh, Sam Goody. For all of you who were born,
1: uh, what what would be the cutoff date for Sam Goody?
0: If you were born after
1: 1995. Okay, we'll go with 95. Sam Goody was a place where they sold CDs and tapes. It was an actual store that was inside the mall. You actually had to go to the store inside the mall to buy your music
0: yes it wasn't digital it was an actual physical thing yes that you would then put into a stereo yeah and the stereos were big yes and unlike your mp3 player the tapes and the cds could only hold about 20 songs yeah and they cost about as much as an album would cost now yeah Mm -hmm. uh you, you couldn't get it a la carte though you know you had to get everything as one single cassette or one cd which is why everyone was always pissed off about it because with any album you would have maybe three songs that you actually wanted but you had to buy the whole thing exactly you'd have a ton of filler that you would never listen to
1: yeah and the funny thing is in this scene where we find will obviously trying to get the attention of some random girl that he walks up behind completely random he finds out that She loves dancers. Mm -hmm. And let's just stop here for a second. Where did they find these three dancers
0: outside of the same goodies? So let me paint this picture. When there were these record stores, there would be performances outside the record store of various capacity. And so sometimes it would be a big star who would come in and would do a performance in the mall. Mm -hmm. And other times it would be just a local act. Of course wanted to get their name out there a little bit more. So in this particular case, there were three dancers who were doing a very good job dancing in sync, and they had a bunch of attractive women kind of huddled around them. I did notice that they were primarily African-American. Where, what special mall in Bel Air (laughs) do
1: the rich Black people go to? Because that's the only way that this could make sense because they, they did a very good job of having a diverse bunch of people in the mall. Yes. But mind you, this is Bel Air. I don't understand where that many people with flat tops and puffy hair, um, who had money and lived in Bel
0: Air Mm -hmm. would be at that various mall. Especially considering the fact that one of the major premises of the show is the fact that the Bankses are really the only black family in their circle. Like You yeah. weren't seeing a lot of black people at Mr. Firth's house in Palm Springs. No,
1: no. I mean, they were the lone pieces of pepper. Absolutely. And and now all of a sudden we're finding scattered pepper around the mall. So you mean to tell me if Will had to stop by the mall instead of the Bankses first, Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been so awkward for her.
0: Probably not. All right. So Will, in his attempt to impress this girl, completely inappropriately bum-rushes the stage and just immediately starts dancing to the music. Would,
1: would you call what he did dancing?
0: No, and I actually feel <laughs> bad for all of the children who were under the age of 10 that were watching the show in reruns that just thought Will Smith was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And took his dance moves and thought that they were good dance moves. Yeah. There's a generation of little white boys who were scarred by this episode.
1: Yeah. And they're scarred because of every dance they've ever been to, every party they've ever been to and tried to dance with a girl or dance, period. Yeah. Thank you, Will. We no. thank you for that.
0: You know who we really do have to thank for teaching us how to dance? Who? Sinbad in the movie First Kid.
1: <clears throat> that that's a that that's a deep pain. That that just hurts. It's true though. Uh, you know it's. I'm gonna just go out on a limb and say it's not so much that they don't know how to dance. They're just so lanky that it looks
0: weird. <laughs> when when they move, it just looks weird. Yeah. Especially because at that point the girls are taller than the guys, and, yeah, you know the the faces are right in the chest and, and,
1: and plus it's it's the nineties, so we have day glow, yeah. and certain pants are parachute like <laughs> and certain shirts are tight or the shirt is parachute like and the pants are tight, mm-hmm. so it just looks awkward in in all the senses,
0: yep, absolutely,
1: and they're tucked in
0: ah, uh, are they ever yeah. But fortunately, fashion has evolved. Yeah. A little bit. Just a little bit, because we've gone back to the 90s. We're, we will always go back to the 90s at some yeah. point or another. Just
1: no day glow. No, no day glow. We, we've laid that to rest, and it should not come back.
0: Amen. So jumping around to another story, we now cut back to Hillary and Ashley. Now, when we first saw Hillary and Ashley in this episode... They go into a high fashion store. Yes. And. Ashley is very upset because she doesn't think they'll have her ballerina costume there. No. So no. Hillary says, well, here's another costume for you. I'm going to put a derby on your head and you can be Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. But Ashley says, who is Charlie Chaplin? And Hillary in probably her bitchiest moment of the yeah. entire series says, He's a silent film star, so you might want to take a hint. Yeah, I think
1: we've really kind of caught the dynamic of these sisters in that one scene right there. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Hillary doesn't want to be around Ashley, and Ashley just wants to be a ballerina.
0: But what little girl didn't want to be a ballerina at some level this when they were very nine? True. This is very true. Yeah. And I, I think Hillary
1: is just in her, her Chanel bubble, as we've stated before. Yes. So much so that she can't think of My Little Ponies and Just For Me and Cinderella, Cinderella and exactly. all of these things. I, I don't think it's possible for her.
0: Which really is accentuated by the fact that as they continue around the store, Hillary finds her own personal shopper at the store Mm -hmm. because obviously Hillary has a personal shopper yes and mentions I'm here with my sister Ashley and the personal shopper says oh you should bring her in I'd love to see her (laughs) Hillary says she's right over there and nobody seems to care about the fact that Ashley is currently being crushed by a pile of clothing
1: no it's like an expensive episode of hoarders (laughs) and you know at this point I don't even think she meets her little sister. I just think she meets the hat yeah. in, in the one inch of forehead that she sees on her. But I think the funniest thing in that whole thing is uh, when she says, oh, I love the new collection. And, and her personal shopper says, I've saved the section for you. And she just waves her arm
0: at the back of the whole entire store. Because Hillary has daddy's credit card. Yes, she does. And personal shoppers love girls with daddy's credit card. Yes, they do. But what it opens up to is the fact that the personal shopper is also the personal therapist for a girl like Hillary. Yeah. So Hillary uses this opportunity to open up about how she's not happy that Will is going to be at the party tonight. Flashback number two. Where we flash back to the opening party. Where yeah. Will shows up with this cummerbund around his chest. He is very, very neon. Because when he shows up to this party that Uncle Phil is throwing, you cannot describe what he is wearing. You can't describe the look of horror that's on the faces of everyone. So the, the shirt he is wearing is the type of color you see when you've done a bunch of Molly
1: Yeah, I mean, everything on Will for the first few episodes is Technicolor. Yep. uh, You know, you might some of you might not be able to remember Technicolor and when you used to get the all the colors. The color bars. Yeah, you get all. He was wearing literally all of them on one shirt, as loud as possible.
0: And then the cummerbund, which is normally worn around the waist,
1: is on the chest,
0: just right there on the breastbone, with about two inches below where the bow tie is. And the bow tie is just around the neck. It's not on a collar.
1: Yeah, he, I, I think Will Smith went a little Chippendales very early and didn't even realize it. I mean, it was for, for straight comedic value, but it, it was very Chippendales.
0: And the shoes... It was a very, very set idea for the shoes because the Air Jordans were iconic at the time. Of course, and still are. He wore them though in such a way where the laces were not there.
1: Yeah.
0: That was just the style of the time, and he rocked it. But that's not what you expect to see. In a tuxedo. In a tuxedo.
1: <laughs> not definitely not at all. That that's definitely a fashion faux pas. If you're not on a sitcom, like if you tried to show up anywhere like that, I'm pretty sure nobody would talk to you. No. Okay, we won't do it. No. They've done enough flashbacks in this episode.
0: Ain't that the truth? But it's it's just funny to see that. It it is. uh, Because it really does show the evolution. Because by this point, Will has become a much better actor. Yes. He's gotten much more comfortable on camera.
1: Yeah. He's. A little less just openly cheeky. He's
0: now intentionally cheeky. Absolutely. The writers figured out how to use his cheekiness. And they've given Uncle Phil a an attribute in this episode. Because after Hillary's flashback, we cut to Uncle Phil, who is buying a talking pencil cup
1: where when you run low, instead of putting the pencils back into it, Mm -hmm. it tells you you need to go to the store and buy more.
0: Yes, because that's what rich people do. Yeah. They just go and they buy more pencils. Yeah. Like a rich person does.
1: I'd like to live in that world. It's like, I don't wash socks, I just buy new ones. (laughs) I feel like everyone lives in that world.
0: <laughs> like it, it doesn't matter whether you're rich or you're
1: poor. Well, there is also a thing called the sock monster, and yeah. he lives in the uh, dryer, and yeah. he only takes a few of the socks.
0: So he yeah. he's a responsible thief. You know, he takes a little bit. He's not greedy. But you look at the scenario and say, okay, I don't have any clean socks. I can go to the bank and I can get a roll of quarters, mm-hmm. or I can go to the store. And spend less money than I'll need on the quarters mm-hmm. to buy more socks.
1: And always buying more socks works out.
0: And as George Costanza says, his goal, ultimately, he just wants to have 365 pairs of socks. This so is true. he only has to wash his socks once a year. Very true. And that's just the logic of, of rich people. Yeah, exactly. But... Uncle Phil realizes he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's not looking for a costume. No. He's chilling out in the electronics store. He's going to get in trouble with his wife. So he Mm -hmm. needs to go off and find his wife, who's probably found a costume by this
1: point. Oh, but she has not. But Mm -hmm. you want to know what she did find? Another song to sing. And a fan base. Oh, yeah. Because now she's fully invested in it. She's not even going on the paper. She's going off book, as they say.
0: Yep, she's found herself in Aretha song. She's Mm -hmm. in the booth. People are outside. They're they're listening, and they are just enjoying the hell out of her. Mm -hmm. So she's going to keep on singing. So we got to cut to another story. So we get a montage within the clip show. What is this montage you speak of? Well, Will is just striking out left and right.
1: Well, you know, he, he's gone to the perfume store and sprayed perfume on, on on the salesperson in a very inappropriate place, according to her. Um, he has whispered in a young woman's ear and gotten slapped, as he does so frequently and so well. What, what are we hearing while he's getting slapped?
0: Well, we're hearing a song actually recorded by the Fresh Prince himself. Uh, uh,
1: oh, in- interesting.
0: Yes, this is a track called... Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble. Uh, ah. It actually samples the theme song from another great sitcom, mm. I Dream of Genie. Ah. And if you watch the music video of it, we'll post it on our Facebook page and Twitter. It bears a striking similarity to the opening of the show. And
1: that's hilarious. It's because it, not to say that it comes out of left field, but. They like I said, they're very intentionally cheeky about this. Like Will is supposed to be the ladies man. It's not supposed to be hard for him to find a date. So now we're seeing the fact that he doesn't always hit a home run. He strikes out like everybody else, maybe even worse because of his bravado. (laughs) And they start off the the montage with him seeing a girl and he tries to run up an escalator. Mm-hmm.
0: He He's going up the down escalator.
1: In pure Will fashion, because who would run up an escalator backwards?
0: Will would. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But there's a nice fat guy who's keeping him from getting up. And he just has to accept defeat. Absolutely. And then he goes on to the next girl, and he fails, and he fails, and he fails until he sees Melinda. hmm But who else sees Melinda? Carlton also sees Melinda.
1: And then we get the wonderful end of the montage, which, wait, okay, so, you know, the (laughs) dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, the the almost- Chariots of Fire. Yeah, Chariots of Fire. I feel like that should have been playing. You know, matter of fact, that should be playing. I'm going to post something where that is playing because there's so many wonderful running back, athletic- Football, ballerina, um,
0: dance moves yep. in there mm-hmm. that are just so amazing. I agree. I mean, Will shows an amazing amount of athleticism. Hmm. Carlton shows an amazing amount of dorkiness. Yes. Which is surprising because, as we learned later, Carlton is quite the accomplished gymnast and dancer. Yeah. And yet, it's Will who's doing cartwheels over mop buckets and free jumping over
1: random people. Yeah. But you also got to remember, Carlton is in penny loafers. So, you know, the high uh, step for him is is more a, a stability move. You know, true. he has to sidestep. Otherwise, he would just slide on that mall floor and it would be
0: tragic. And that's uh, what we learned from this kids. Traction. Traction yeah. is paramount.
1: Penny loafers and dockers in the mall. A bad look and you lose your footing
0: (laughs) but the best thing about what happens here is will and carlton reach melinda at the exact same time a wonderful tv moment absolutely and then of course we cut to commercial Mm -hmm. but when we come back we have got the best crux to cram in as many flashbacks as we possibly can yeah And so we start off with one of my favorite flashbacks. What what, what flashback would that be? Read in the water. One of my
1: favorite flashbacks.
0: Weed in the water, children. Will is sneaking in at three o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And he's playing five card draw with Granny. Mm -hmm. And he is losing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's all because Carlton would not hang out with his own grandmother.
0: Yeah. I mean, they are using these flashbacks to show just how nice of a person Will is. Now, if you notice, the majority of the flashbacks are not so much to show that Carlton's a nice person. They're either meant to show that Will is a nice person Mm -hmm. or that Will is a jerk. Yeah, because Carlton immediately brings up their arrest. And as he should because let's be honest that was kind of a dick move on will's part
1: yeah it is yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know if my friend gets me arrested you know you're you lose like a lot of points
0: yeah yeah that that is the truth now the big thing about clip shows is that they are usually very selective about the things that they choose Mm -hmm. not really accentuating the fact as carlton obviously doesn't want to that Will was not really the reason that they got arrested. No, no. I mean, Mm -mm. that was very much Carlton's fault. Yeah.
1: And I mean, he still can't come to terms with it. Not at all. But it was just a perfect moment for him to use Will's antics against them.
0: Yes. But Will, he again used the opportunity to say what a rock he was in jail and how he helped Carlton by singing spirituals. Mhm. Little when Israel was in Egypt's land, let my people go. Clap your hands, clap your thighs.
1: <laughs> it never gets old. No, it really doesn't. That, look, he might have only been like in 2 minutes of the whole entire episode, but he's one of my favorite characters.
0: Bob just really wins it all. Yeah. And we love you, Bob. Bob, You might still
1: be in jail, but we still love you.
0: (laughs) And you have an open opportunity to come and sing any song you like on this podcast, anytime you like. Please do. Please do, by all means.
1: You and Andrew can have a duet, and it would be classic.
0: (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, You tell me what, you want to do the confrontation from Les Miserables? You want to do I Know Him So Well from Chess? Yeah, that's right. You name the duet, you and me are doing it. I love it. But... The writers clearly looked at this and said, "All right, we can have a little bit of fun with this. We can do some flashbacks that never happened." Oh yeah. So they created all new flashbacks. Oh yeah. Because where
1: we we see that, you know, Car- we as we know Carlton mm-hmm. is pre-law. Yes. And, and the one thing we know about lawyers is they're lenient with the truth.
0: Well, more importantly, they're very big on rules. Yeah. And nothing in the rules of this bet said that Will or Carlton weren't allowed to lie. No. So Carlton comes up with a great lie about Will. Yeah. He's on a date. He doesn't want to buy his date any dinner. He gets her a Slurpee. And he eats man food. Which is a burger and fries. Yeah, And then... Some thugs show up because Will doesn't want to pay for a taxi, and they walk down a dark alley. And the thugs say, you either give us your money or give us your girl.
1: And Will says, you're making this too easy.
0: Throws the girl right at them. And then what happens? Carlton all of a sudden becomes Moonwalker. Mm-hmm. And they clearly were on a budget for this because <laughs> he's in full Michael Jackson smooth criminal yeah. regalia, but they don't play smooth criminal. No. It, it's a sound alike. Yeah. It sounds a lot like it, but you're listening to it, not unlike the theme song of So Press, So Prince, Mm-mm. and it says, huh. That kind of sounds like smooth criminal, but something is a little off. It's more like smooth misdemeanor (laughs) or um, rough
1: misdemeanor. Yeah. Something like that.
0: But this is where Carlton finally gets to be cool Mm -hmm. in his own mind. Mm -hmm. And this
1: is the moment where Will realizes, okay, Mm -hmm. we've entered a new game. So he pulls Carlton to the side. And as you said, there's nothing in the rule book saying we can't lie. And so tap back in to Melinda. All right, so Will says, oh, we can lie. All right, Carlton, you want to go down this road. Let's just see how far down this road you're willing to go. <laughs> so Will wants to paint a picture of how extravagant his life is and how such a, he's just such a good guy.
0: He, and does he ever paint a picture?
1: So we cut back to Will trying so hard to get his homework done because he's got to be a good student and Mr. Jackson is at the door please please tell Michael to come back i got to finish my homework but it's not michael it's bo jackson
0: absolutely and bo is having a problem and he is will's close personal friend yeah so when he needs to learn how to cook a dinner he calls will smith and who does will smith call he calls his
1: friend Heavy D,
0: who just happens to be in the Banks's kitchen,
1: because <laughs> that's just what happens.
0: Because <laughs> he's in there cooking diddly 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 diddly.
1: Yeah, and and you know I I love this moment because that if if any of like I said before ninety five you get it after ninety five just Google it. I'm. I'm Bo tr- don't know diddly. <laughs>
0: Bo Jackson was one of the few athletes who was able to successfully play multiple sports. He was yes. both a football player and a baseball player. And unlike Michael Jordan, who attempted to have a baseball career unsuccessfully after he retired from basketball, Bo was actually quite accomplished in both.
1: Yes, he ran up a wall to catch a ball to make sure that there was no home run.
0: And so when people were going around saying Bo knows... Mm -hmm. They weren't talking about any Bo besides Bo Jackson.
1: Yeah. And it it was wonderful because when Bo Jackson was talking to Heavy D, Mm -hmm. he said, Bo don't know Diddly. (laughs) And if you know Heavy D, you know that's his favorite word in his own mind dictionary. And he goes on to go Diddly Diddly D. I'm not even going to attempt to do it because I don't have that that inflection
0: who would you say is the modern equivalent of heavy d? is there a modern equivalent of heavy d because there was a time where in the hip-hop community there were several men who were of a slightly heftier nature yeah notorious big yeah heavy d fat joe you know mm-hmm. they were heavy men but we don't see that as much anymore
1: no yeah i, I think there, there was only one heavy yeah the only person who would come somewhat close would be a, a early twister. Okay. All mm. right. And, you know, he kind of faded out years ago, but I mean, you know, there's only one heavy. And
0: heavy he is.
1: Yeah. And, and as Bo Jackson was acting heavy D to show him how to whip up something, you know, we get back to will getting to his homework, which he really loves. And this brings about one of my favorite moments.
0: (laughs) This is the most meta moment of the series so far. Yeah. Because right off the bat, there were immediately going to be comparisons between The Fresh Prince of Mm Bel-Air and The Cosby Show, both of which were on the air at the same time. The Cosby Show came first. Yes. And at the same time as The Fresh Prince came on, they actually added a cousin from out of town who came to live with the Cosby family. Mm -hmm. And The Fresh Prince was notorious for adding in Theo moments. And you want to know what happened? We get a real life Theo moment. We when literally Madeline, Jamal, Warner,
1: have a Theo moment from
0: Theo. He shows up, but it's one of those weird things because he doesn't, everyone else who we see in this episode, they actually show up on set. Yeah. Theo, he's clearly calling from the Cosby show set. <laughs> clearly. So, I mean, this was an area where Brandon Tartikoff and Warren Littlefield they were like all right we're going to make this little crossover happen but we don't want to really really push it so uh okay so uh Cosby shows done shooting for the day okay uh Bill Felicia yeah yeah you guys can all go home mm-hmm. uh, Malcolm Malcolm st- stay behind for a moment uh we want to we we want to shoot one more one one more quick thing uh can you uh shoot this little uh conversation that you're going to have with Will Smith that we're going to put in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. No, 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 no. no. Trust me. It's fine. It's fine. You can do that. Uh, uh, Okay. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it. And he, like everyone else, talks about how great it is to have Will as his close personal friend.
1: Yeah. And as soon as the wonderful Theo moment is over, we dive deeper because being The Fresh Prince, Mm -hmm. you can't just stop there. Of course not. You got to have one more guest. And Quincy Jones comes in and is distraught because he needs help with this record that he just cannot finish.
0: He needs a singer. He needs Will to come on and sing this track.
1: And this is when we learn that Will was responsible for helping Mr. Jones finish Thriller.
0: Which doesn't quite work out time-wise because- Will is 17 right now. It's 1990. Thriller was... What? 1985?
1: It was was definitely around the time where he was an adolescent.
0: Hold on, hold on. What year did Thriller come out? Thriller was released on November 30th, 1982. Okay,
1: so... (laughs) So clearly...
0: Thriller was released in 1982. We're in 1990 right now. Will is 17, Mm -hmm. which means he finished Thriller, according to this story, Mm -hmm. when he was 11. Yeah. So he was younger than Michael Jackson was Mm -hmm. when the Jackson Five were at their prime when he came in and helped Quincy finish Thriller.
1: Yeah. And I mean, this is where just Will is the consummate professional liar, (laughs) because you would really believe that before Google, just saying. So his answer was, I'm going to call a friend. Hey, Quincy needs some help. He's in a jam. (laughs) And I always come to his rescue. (laughs) Can you be in the house in 30 seconds? Yep. Because you're just that close. Absolutely. And like I said, post 95ers, you're going to have to Google this. He brings in a, a singer named Albie Shore.
0: <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Albie Shore, Lorenzo.
1: Albie Shore, um, he had a unibrow um, and, a, and a flat top jerry curl. And um, he, he was a singer with a very high pitch range. Hmm. Yeah. And he had some hits. Okay. that I mean, that's all we really need to know about
0: Albie Shore. All right. But that's the big thing about Quincy Jones and Albie Shore that they have in common is is that they need to stop whatever they're doing Mm -hmm. because they look at their watch and they see it's 8.30 at night and they need to watch a different Different world. world.
1: Wait, wait, you said a different world?
0: I said a different world. I
1: got that. (laughs) Hey, hey, K, come in here. And as we go deeper down this lie rabbit hole, Mr. Kadeem Hardison,
0: (laughs) the star of a different world, is just hanging out. A Different World, one of the greatest sitcoms of the 1990s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kadeem Hardison, yep, yeah, just chilling out inside of the Fresh Prince's house. And how they met was because, you know... No, 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 no. You nor I cannot do this justice. W- okay. We we, right. we, can't. We can't? We. There's only one way to do this appropriately. Uh,
1: okay, you're going to
0: have to tell me. We are going to have to do another episode... Of Fresh Prince Theater. Theater? Fresh Prince Theater. Theater. So, you will be playing the role of Kadeem Hardison.
1: Yes, yes, I I, I will be uh, Kadeem. Yes, Kadim.
0: So, okay. I I will play the role mm. of Quincy Jones. Okay. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Kadeem, how'd you guys meet? Well,
1: it was... uh the biggest game of the season. Uh, you know, the Giants, they were up by five. Randall Cunningham had been knocked out by Lawrence Taylor. The Eagles were desperate. They had nowhere to go. They knew, oh they knew, that there was only one man in Philadelphia to be called into this situation. They looked in the stands and there he stood, Will Smith. He came down got in the game, and threw a 72-yard touchdown pass to himself in street clothes. When the game was over, the crowd went crazy. They mobbed and pulled and ripped and pulled him. He broke away. He ran and gave the game ball to this little kid standing on the sideline with tears in his eyes. And that little kid was me. So, as you said, um, Will finished Thriller when he was 11. Yes. Um, Apparently, he went pro. Yep. Somewhere in between 11 and 17. Yes, he did. And threw a 72-yard pass to himself. As you do. As a professional eagle. <laughs> so, Carlton, I, I don't think
0: he was ready for this lie brigade no no i mean one thing we know about will is that he lies much better than carlton does yeah in -hmm. fact this is probably the first time in the entire series that we've seen carlton lie about anything yeah carlton
1: he jumped on the dark side for about a half second
0: yep he did but how does will end this immaculate story Everyone is singing Kumbaya. (sighs) Yeah. And it was an
1: awkward Kumbaya. It was a really awkward Kumbaya. Because he was the only one singing it. For Quincy didn't even look like he wanted to sing at first.
0: And you pair that with the fact that we're supposed to believe that Will is this fantastic singer that Quincy (laughs) needs. And I was not quite sure that you could call Will singing in key.
1: No, it wasn't a key. It just wasn't a
0: good key. It wasn't, it, it was in several keys, Yeah, which is generally frowned upon when you're singing. Yeah. You should
1: pick like one or two keys that are adjacent and or, stick with them.
0: Or just stay in C major.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, just, just pick a key and stay there. But Will, being the wonderful person that he was in this episode, he decided
0: to sing in all of the keys at once. <laughs> Because he's just that giving. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So as we cut back after his singing, Melinda just looks at them and says, you both seem like great guys. Mm -hmm. I think that I'm just going to have to rely on my initial feeling about how I felt when I looked at the two of you. And she chooses Carlton. And Will loses and mugs to the camera again and this is only about two seconds because then we cut back to hillary and ashley now for whatever reason hillary has forgotten that ashley had a derby on her head they did not pay for that derby even though they paid for everything else which was an entire heap of clothing, mm-hmm. and which surprisingly fit into very few bags.
1: Yeah, because it's TV. It's like the Mary Poppins bag. <laughs> it's just never-ending bottoms.
0: And mind you, when they were paying for everything, you would think that Hillary's personal shopper would say, oh, that hat that she's wearing, mm. did, did she want to pay for that? There is clearly a label on it. No.
1: But, I mean, as they walk out, they realize that the hat is stolen, the security guard, obviously, he has to be new. Yes. Because he doesn't know Hillary. Exactly. Because obviously everybody in that story knows Hillary. Absolutely. daddy's credit card.
0: Yes. Mind you, security guard Eugene, played by Tim Russ, Mm. fantastic actor, best known from the Star Trek universe as Tuvok in Star Trek Voyager.
1: The more you know. (laughs) See, you learn on this podcast, we don't just entertain, we educate
0: as we strive to do yes one of these days we'll get a grant from the government because we're just educating people on the history of the history yes so eugene he takes hillary and ashley to mall jail and uncle phil seems to get them out very very quickly because When he goes to find Aunt Viv, who I don't know how you don't find her with all the noise that she's making, because by this point she is still at the recording booth. Well, outside of the recording booth, because it's now in the general vicinity of the recording.
1: It's become a live show, everybody. You know how you come into the booth? Well, she stepped out of the booth as Superman now, and she's just singing. Her heart out and her hair out at this point.
0: She's singing "Proud Mary." Oh yeah. Now, when we find her, as you know about "Proud Mary," the song starts off nice and easy, Mm -hmm. and then it gets a little hard. We skip past the nice and easy part altogether, and Aunt Viv, she is you know hands in the air, hands down by her waist. They're Mm -hmm. just everywhere, and Uncle Phil, he just has to physically grab her and yeah. remove her but that leads to the real question did she get any of her recordings to take home mm, you know it, she might not own
1: her masters right now <laughs> but the aunt viv album might be out there and she might not have any
0: royalties for it and she might have paid 8.95 three times and mm. nothing to show for it such a shame
1: <laughs> such a shame but she put on a great show
0: she put on a great show meanwhile Will has gone back to the initial restaurant and Cindy, the waitress, just happens to still be his waitress and gives him a peanut butter croissant
1: that looks like it came off the floor.
0: But, you know, you take free food, of course, it is a rare person that turns down free food. So will appreciate the gesture. hmm. And one would think at this point, wills found a connection with a girl and he would say to her maybe you would like to come with me or maybe i could get your phone number or here's where i live nope none of none of the above nope he just appreciated her kindness and then he went home and started calling other girls
1: yeah and and i believe um the answers were are, are you kidding?
0: <laughs>
1: Do I seem that desperate? And ha 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 ha, ha <laughs> ha, ha.
0: So Carlton is basking in his victory. Basking.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna say bathing, and um, um, well, what's another word? Drenched in <laughs> in in victory at this point.
0: He is covered in it, and he is wearing it with all of the bravado. Yes, he is. And somehow, when they get home, we find out that Hillary has invited Eugene to this party that she's having tonight.
1: Well, because it helped her get out of mall jail a little bit faster.
0: I get, but I mean, what do you think she said? Because... Eugene doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would be really moved when you say, oh, yeah, the Brat Pack is going to be there. The cast of Twin Peaks is going to be there.
1: I'm, I'm just going to say, and this is pure speculation, which mm-hmm. I love. Yep. Uh, Uncle Phil just coming off of his get Carlton and Will out of jail voice. Mm-hmm. He might have just echoed a Hillary down the hall and Eugene might have gotten a little shake in his boots or something like that.
0: Yep i'll allow it yeah yeah so carlton continues to bathe in his victory and just goes up to will and says so uh where's your date it's like i i, I got a date mm-hmm. oh really what's, what's her name? name janet Gurley.
1: now you know as, as being a competitor myself <laughs> yes you, you you can speak to um, having your good moments
0: mm-hmm.
1: and your bad moments. You know, I think he was up all of his good lies on Melinda. So Janet Gurley was all he had left in his reserve for that day.
0: Yeah. uh, But what's surprising is that he has shown quite a knack for coming up with better names on the spot even with the reserves because this was no rafael de la ghetto no no
1: you, I, you know you you start at the top and you get closer to the bottom and they just kind of lose their potency i think rafael de la ghetto just took a fourth of it
0: okay so he's only and he just used up the other 75 percent lying to me
1: yeah and he might have just been you know when your car hits that the e mm-hmm. but you still have some some reserve gas left yep I think that's where he was at this point. (laughs) He ran out of lies, names, and just anything. And he had lost to Carlton at this point. Yeah. He's at an all-time low for the day.
0: And he wallows in that while we get to the party. Yeah. And we experience the party, which the majority of the party seems to be taking place in the living room. Yeah. It appears there are a few other people kind of walking around elsewhere. But Mm -hmm. Hillary's very excited because... She's got the Brat Pack there. Really? She's got two Twin peakers. Now, again, if you were born pre-95, um, there were a group of actors that were basically the equivalent of Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, Carly Rae Jepsen, and One Direction, who just kept showing up in the same movies over and over again, directed yeah. by a guy named John Hughes. Definitely look him up. Google it. Absolutely. So that was the Brat Pack. If you've seen the Mighty Ducks, Coach Bombay, he was one of them. Yes. If you haven't seen the Mighty Ducks, fail.
1: I I don't know what you've done with your
0: life if you haven't seen the Mighty Ducks. They
1: made a real team out of it because of the movie.
0: Exactly.
1: We can just move on. Exactly. Get your life together.
0: And Twin Peaks, that's a show that's actually uh, getting a revival on Showtime. Yeah, but it was previously uh, very big. So just Google "Who Killed Laura Palmer" and look up Kyle McLaughlin.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm I've pretty much given up on you post '95 at this point. <laughs> if you haven't seen Mighty Ducks, I've yeah. I've already just lost hope. I
0: in you. will not give up on you. I will not
1: watch Mighty Ducks, and I'll believe in you. Okay.
0: So, Ashley. Despite the fact that she had the ballerina outfit and just chilling upstairs. No, she decides she's actually going to go as Charlie Chaplin. And it looks like Eugene was nice enough to give her the derby yeah. that she accidentally stole.
1: Yeah. I mean, Eugene's a nice guy, except for threatening some trick-or-treaters when they come to the door.
0: Yeah, he shows up at the party in his full mall security guard outfit And starts scaring small children. I mean, maybe he thought that he
1: wasn't off work yet. Maybe he thought that Hillary asked him there in a capacity like, this isn't your costume. I need you to be security at the door.
0: I don't know. Anything is possible. Or maybe she just paid him. I think so. Okay. I like it. So then we see Will for the first time. And Will is dressed as a pimp. Superfly. Superfly specifically. Or, as Hillary refers to him, Elton John. Yeah. And Hillary pulls him aside and says, Those two people over there, that's Elizabeth Montgomery, and that's Kevin Bacon standing next to her, and neither of them appreciate you hitting on them. Now, I'm just
1: going to go out on a limb and say, We'll. Thought Kevin Bacon was
0: beautiful? Kevin Bacon is beautiful, but the question is, what was he wearing?
1: I mean, ben, Benny, and please. <laughs> I mean... Th- Benny Booms. This is the first time I've ever asked you a question specifically. <laughs> Benny, what was Kevin wearing to make Will Smith hit on him? Yeah. I mean, Kevin Bacon is not a horrible-looking human being, but then again, he doesn't strike me as... Feminine or or or, <laughs> or, or Janet girly, I, mean, I don't know. Benny, what was going through your mind when you wrote that?
0: I mean, tell us. You know, you got to cut loose, foot loose.
1: <laughs> I saw what you did there.
0: I appreciate yeah, that. Okay, okay. So then we see Uncle Phil, who is, not surprisingly, not in a costume.
1: No, he he is. Well, what what is
0: his costume? He's Comfortable Man. Oh,
1: okay. Tell me about Comfortable Man. Comfortable Man has the power to pay bills.
0: And, in Hillary, fell swoop. and Hillary loves that power. Yes. <laughs> and then Hillary turns around and says, oh, look. It's River Phoenix <gasps> and Kiefer Sutherland. <gasps> and then we cut to two guys in masks. One is dressed as elvis and one is dressed as nixon
1: In maybe they couldn't afford you know they probably couldn't afford river phoenix <laughs> and Kiefer sutherland at this point
0: point. and that's a very sitcomy thing to do when it's set in hollywood oh yeah where like you mention the actor you say oh look the actor is over there and then you just don't show him
1: I just want to know what those actors felt like. Because, you know, as as you get cast for certain things, it's like, you're going to be this character. It's like, okay, we need you to stand there and be River Phoenix. (laughs) Go. And what do you do at that point? I don't know. Now, the real question is, one was Elvis and one was Nixon, right? So, which one was River and which one was Kiefer?
0: I'm actually looking that up right now. Hold on.
1: And I just want to make a side note. Somebody came as a uh, part of Fruit of the Loom. Yeah, I I saw grapes. I didn't see a banana or any other <laughs> fruit. I just I just think it. You might be a very weird person if you show up to Halloween parties in grapes, or as a bunch of grapes. Just throwing that out there. You can take it. You can leave it. If you don't like that, you can throw it right back. And, and let us not forget that uh. Aunt Viv, with her newfound stardom and voice, decided to not break character after leaving the mall and came to the party as Tina Turner.
0: Nope, can't find anything. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know what was going through these extras heads other than, oh, wait, I get to make, like, $50 today and they're going to put me in a funny costume and I'm going to be on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, a show... I really haven't heard of at this point because they shot all of these shows out of order before they even aired and then mishmashed them around.
1: But the craft services were great. I'm sure they were fantastic. Mm-hmm. James Avery was eating well.
0: And as he should. Yeah. You do not maintain that booming baritone without some sustenance. No.
1: Nor that physique.
0: Amen. So Aunt Viv... She comes down to the party and she's still singing and Uncle Phil, well, he initially says, oh no, I'm going to get a headache until he sees her dress. And
1: he finds out that she is Miss Anna Mae Tina Turner herself.
0: (laughs) And Aunt Viv even says, can you guess what I'm dressed as? And Uncle Phil says, I don't care. You look amazing. And Uncle Phil is happy. Yes. Probably the first time we've seen him happy this entire episode. Yeah. Now this is where we start to get into what I call the fairy tale section of the episode. Insert glitter. Because Jeffrey walks in and he says, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Cinderella. The extremely cheeky. Incredibly cheeky. And a very attractive girl shows up in a big, flowy, white dress wearing a tiara. hmm And she immediately looks at Will and says, is my prince here? And Will just kind of, with drop jaw, nods and comes over to her and says... Do I know you? Well, of course you know her. It's Cindy. <gasps> she says, give a guy your last peanut butter croissant, and he'll forget you in a minute.
1: Ladies, ladies, keep your peanut butter croissant to yourself unless he says he loves you.
0: <sighs> Learn so, from Cindy. But Will's happy. Yeah. Will's got a date. For the, She's beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm, and, and he wants to keep her for the next 50 years.
0: Yeah, yeah, I... I don't know quite how she got there.
1: Nor how she found out where the party was.
0: Yep, there was no number exchange. No. But magic. Yeah. TV magic. And Carlton, he comes over and says flat out, well, you know what? Uh, You are perfectly allowed to be as happy as you want that you now have a date. Mm -hmm. However... That does not change the fact that you lost the bet.
1: Because I got a date before you.
0: Exactly. Or did he?
1: Now we later find out Eugene stayed on the job. And he caught the shoplifter that he mistook Hillary for. And do you want to know who the shoplifter really was?
0: Tell us, Lorenzo. Who was it? It was Melinda. Melinda. Dun, dun, dun. So technically, Carlton didn't even win. No. Because she only agreed to go on a date with him because he was the richer one. Yeah. And it would be easier to steal. Mm. And boy, did she ever try to steal. She showed up with her little red sack that Mrs. Claus has. Yeah. And filled it with aunt viv silverware mm, mm, mm. which i feel like probably would have gotten him grounded
1: yeah you bring a thief into the house i think you're, you're gonna be grounded for a couple of weeks yeah
0: yeah i can see that but fortunately that won't affect how whether or not he'll get into harvard no
1: no i mean that that doesn't go quite on the resume we no. leave the dates off absolutely and it's funny because after Carlton finds out his date has used him for silverware. Mm-hmm. So cheap. Yes. I mean, at least a Rolex. Yeah. You know, a real Rolex, because <laughs> they, they do have money. He retreats to his room, and we find out that Ashley and Will are the only two left, ready to clean up. And Will, being Will, he takes this opportunity, because some random trick-or-treaters come.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on. we We're we're, we're jumping. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Because now Will has a date. Will has Cindy. And he doesn't really know anything about Cindy. They just had a very brief conversation. And they're sitting there and they're talking. And Cindy's life is very similar to that of Cinderella. She lives with her stepmother and two stepsisters. In Encino. She has to work at the restaurant all day and there was this old woman who showed up at the restaurant which is how she got the dress and found out where the house was that the party was at and then the clock strikes midnight
1: and and and, you know i mean we we all know the cinderella story so she runs out
0: forgets her shoe
1: and will looks straight into the camera after he picks up the shoe
0: Mm -hmm. could it be do I have to go all over the land to find the love of my life? No. no. She,
1: she comes back for the ship.
0: And then hands him her phone number and says, Call me tomorrow.
1: Yeah. And we, we couldn't go too fairy tale
0: on no, that one. No. Th- th- this is a sitcom. Yeah. So then, Carlton goes up to his room and Will and Ashley stay behind to yeah. do all the cleaning up.
1: Now, my only question is after. The party is clearly over, and I'm going to guess that Hillary throws some raging parties. Of course. So I'm going to say it's clearly after midnight because we know Cinderella left. Yes. Um, what kind of trick-or-treaters do they have in Bel Air where they have hordes of kids? At, I'm going to say at 1, one thirty in the morning, trick-or-treating.
0: More importantly, why is Ashley still awake?
1: it's a party she's at home <laughs> okay come on give her some
0: slack uh, you're correct i i agree they should have long been in bed i mean that that that
1: had some sibilance of continuity there
0: paired with the fact that when they're out of candy will then offers them the opportunity to come in And listen to a scary story and despite the fact that there is an adult with them he doesn't say oh no we don't know you they just walk in they just walk in and they're very very happy and the adults
1: disappear somewhere as soon as will starts telling the story
0: which to his credit will tells the story in rhyme yes he does and i was very impressed to to see that because it it was a good story it was about uh, the bel-air beast I feel like Benny
1: Booms was, that was his crowning moment. I feel like when he handed Will that scene, he just felt so accomplished. Will, what do you think about this? You like it? I wrote it. I could be a rapper too, right?
0: And what a writer Benny
1: Booms became. Yes, he. he that was an amazing rhyme.
0: And right at the end, of his story will looks up and yells oh my god it's the bel-air beast and it's carlton of course it is because he reeks of polo cologne <laughs> now he's showered by this point obviously he doesn't look <laughs> like a vampire so it's just carlton there yeah a- and the kids see him and they run and then freeze for him and that's the end of the episode yeah yeah I mean, I,
1: I think at the end of this episode, you kind of ran out of things to do. You did everything. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Like, you couldn't tell any more jokes. You couldn't write any more storylines. Couldn't build any more characters. You, there was no easy way to end this. No, You couldn't even end it with a laugh
0: track. <laughs> I'm just baffled by this episode more than anything else because... I mean, did they try to do product placement with a mall? I mean, I, I I would really like to know. And we we looked, we we couldn't find any background. I mean, I looked up, I even looked up the
1: statue that was in front of the mall. I don't I don't even remember what mall that might be. It, it might have just been like one of those stock pictures in, in, in Walmart. You know, you get the frames with the pictures in it. Yep. It, it just might have been, here is a mall. It doesn't exist, but it's a mall. I mean, I'm pretty sure they, they had to shoot it in a very reputable mall because they had a Sam Goody there, and all of the letters worked. Yes. So it had to be a good mall. It had to.
0: And... The biggest thing to know about this is this is a two-part episode that originally aired as a one-hour special. Yeah. Uh, For syndication purposes, which is how we came to love the show. Yeah. They broke it up into two episodes. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is just a wild ride because they just crammed everything into it. This has the feel of one of those very special episodes yeah and I'm, it, it's episode eight eight and nine eight and although and nine. it was the 10th episode that was shot I, I think by now you would have th- thought they would have found
1: their groove but they just they didn't even throw spaghetti at the wall they just threw <laughs> all of the spaghetti in the air and saw what fell
0: because the only thing that they could have added in this episode that i would have loved to have seen was the dance off between Will Carlton and Paula Abdul? Uh, they might have ran out of touch for that one. <laughs> but you are
1: right. That would have been amazing. Yes. And the Chester Cat. Let's not forget, Paula Abdul always MC walked Scat with cat. that Chester Cat.
0: MC Scat Cat. He's the man.
1: Yeah. Now that's what they should have had outside of Sam Goody. That's what, see, see what happens when we go down Speculation Road, people?
0: Yep. Should have been MC Scat Cat and Paula Abdul. Will rushes the stage, and MC Scat Cat just throws him off. And Scat Cat should have gotten all the girls. Every last one. (sighs) See,
1: Benny, this is why you need
0: us. (laughs) So, after all of that, Renzo, what do we take away from this episode? Um... We take away a lot of every uh, of
1: everything. <laughs> we we take away derbies from stores. Um, I, I think we just take away that it's very difficult for Will and Carlton to get girls at this point. You know, Carlton he dates a thief. Mm-hmm. Carlton will go on to date some other questionable females that are very weird. Will will go on to date some very weird people. Yes but they will be beautiful. Oh, you, you know, it's just, I'd like to say the law of tents, you know? Okay. You know, Carlton, he has a tenth of the bravado that a normal person has, so it's going to be hard for him to get anybody. <laughs> um, and Will, you know, he asks out so many people that he's going to get a tenth of the dates. He's going to get 90% slaps. Okay. And... and it, it's just too much. It's too much to focus on. But yeah.
0: Okay. What uh, did we learn from this? Um. Be yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't lie. And if you're going to lie, do it well. Do it very well. Uh, recognize that if a beautiful woman wants to go out on a date with you and this is the first time that's ever happened and you really don't have any game and you're competing with Will Smith and you win, she's probably going to steal one of your kidneys. Oh, okay. Mm. That's that's deep.
1: She's going to steal a piece of you, not your heart.
0: No. Mm. Mm. Well, the the goal is to keep you alive. Yeah. Because if you steal someone's kidney, that's theft, which is... not. Quite as bad as
1: murder. So, if you do it in the mall, is it still considered shoplifting?
0: Yes. Okay. I am making that canon. All right. And so it is written. I agree with you. All right. So, do we need to cover anything else? No, I think Benny covered everything. Now, do we want to go out tonight on a different theme song like they did at the end of this episode? Because Quincy Jones, he actually recorded a new song that was the titular song of the episode. It was yeah. called Someday Your Prince Will Be in Effect, the title of this episode. And and you know what? Quincy did a really good job on this one. He did. I mean the
1: the original credits, they're great. Yep. They're they're fun. But this one this one was Quincy. Quincy did a really good job. Yes he did. I mean Alright. Yeah. C- c- uh, slow clap for Quincy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> whatever he accomplished with albie sure was a masterpiece
1: yeah and and i think albie finally got rid of that unibrow after that
0: yep he discovered
1: wax he donated it to quincy's front hairline
0: <laughs> all right i think that does it for this episode well,
1: guys, I'm I'm thoroughly uh exhausted because there was so much that <laughs> happened in this episode. I swear, I don't know how it missed me the first time, but it did. Yeah. I I, did, I was not aware that all of these things had happened. But I, I I'm worn out, guys.
0: <laughs> Man. But we do it all for you. Yes. We're just happy that you're listening. So, please do us a solid. If you're listening to us on iTunes, rate us five stars. Leave a nice comment. It helps other people find the joy that you're experiencing listening to this episode. If you're on SoundCloud, subscribe to our channel. Like us on there. Make sure to you tell your friends. If you're on social media, like us on Facebook, facebook.com/sofreshsoprince. Follow us on Twitter at sofreshsoprince. Follow us on Instagram at sofreshsoprince. Follow us on Tumblr sofreshsoprince.tumblr.com. Or if you need to send something that's a little longer than fits in a tweet, email us at SoFreshSoPrince at gmail.com. There are so many ways to get in touch with us. So there's really no reason for you to not do it. Exactly.
1: Look, you know, I I have some renewed faith in our post-95ers. Yes. Send, Send me some things, you know. Send us some things that... That you enjoyed about this episode. That you enjoyed about the show.
0: Or things that you enjoy about the Mighty Ducks.
1: Please watch the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Gordon Bombay is just amazing.
0: Quack, 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 quack.
1: Just, I, I, want, I want to believe in my post-95ers. All my pre-95ers, I love you. <laughs> and Keep all of our
0: post-95ers, logo. we love you
1: too. We we love you. We just don't love you as much if you haven't seen the mighty ducks
0: which is not your fault no nah. your parents didn't show it to you and they haven't made an app out of it yet
1: and and so i blame it on your parents okay some of you pre-95 which you might be in in the doghouse too <laughs> you know i'm just gonna guys it, it's just so much we, we thank you for so much for listening though yeah. really we, we have so much fun doing this uh it's amazing you know we got to see carlton do the high step we got to see will jump over somebody we we just get to do so many wonderful things And you get to enjoy it So please contact us yeah. in any way possible
0: Relive the episodes with us Yeah Thank you guys so much for listening And whatever you do In every way you do it Make sure you stay so fresh So Prince Peace Goodbye So Fresh So Prince Is a Bitten from the Apple production Produced by Andrew Apple and Lorenzo Gordon. Music by Groovy Major.